Welcome back, listeners, for another episode of the Georgia Music Teachers Association podcast. My name is Bebe Lin, Vice President of Membership with GMTA. We're back for another great conversation with a Georgia music teacher today that I think you'll all enjoy. Before we get to that conversation, I just want to encourage you to share the podcast with your friends and colleagues who might be interested. And if you can take a moment to leave a review, I would really appreciate it. And now, without further delay, here is today's conversation. We are joined by Javian Brabham. Hello, Javian. Hello. Let's start with a background question. Tell me about what you do and how you got to where you are today. Uh, so currently, I'm the uh, assistant professor at Valdosta State University. Um, obviously, I teach trumpet. Um, to get to the point to be in my current position today, it's been somewhat of a, I guess, long journey, but I think a, a not your typical journey, I would say. I'm, I'm from a very small town in rural South Carolina, one of those like middle of the nowhere towns, but loving town in uh, Hampton, South Carolina. Um, so I, I, I come from a, a musical family, so music has always been, I've always been around it from literally birth. So, you know, I, I have I, I have an older brother who is also a musician, um, still to this day. And so I kind of grew up being around, not just like the music going on in my family, but you know, once my brother um, entered our band program at our local high school and, and middle school, I was kind of always around the band program. My parents were really involved with the band program. So I kind of literally grew up all around um, these older kids and I would, even go on the band trips with them when they would go to their marching band competitions and other concert festivals. So through that, I, I remember being on trips and like hanging out with them or at least being on a bus and hanging out with the trumpet section um, that was in the same class as my brother. So I that was kind of like my first uh, look at what it was like to be a trumpet player. And I, I noticed that, you know, these kids, they, they would always have the solos in the pieces on the marching band field. So I was like, oh, I want to do that. Uh, so when it became my turn to join a band, so I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to play trumpet. I thought it would be easy. It's just the three vowels. And it's, oh, easy. It's on my right hand. I'm right-handed. Perfect. You know, easy peasy. Learned very quickly that was not the case. Uh, but that kind of started my journey in terms of learning how to play trumpet, really understanding music on a, a higher level. And so I, I went all throughout school and, and you know... Can, my, I, can I pause yeah. you and ask you how old you were when you started trumpet? Uh, I was in sixth grade. So was that like 10 years old, 11 years year old at that time? Yeah. So typically beginner band, six, sixth grade. Um, so yeah, so I, I started there and I went all throughout high school and and, and in my last few years high school, once I started getting um, some more success and kind of really um, taking a a big step in my playing, I transferred schools uh, and I went to the South Carolina Governor's School for the Arts in Humanities, which is located in Greenville, South Carolina. And it's a boarding school, a residential high school for, for, um, for the arts. So there's five art areas. Obviously I was there for music and that's where I really like, got a better understanding like all right this is what I really want to do I knew I wanted to do music but that once I was at that school that was like now I see the path that I need to take to get to my ultimate goal uh, I was taking lessons every week I was playing in brass quintets twice a week went ensemble playing in a youth orchestra and this is first time I was able to do all these things and I was around uh, like-minded students as well and 
all of my teachers, most of them, if not all of them, had their doctorates. They were working musicians. Many of them were professors at the, the university, at uh, Furman University in Greenville. So I was really in this tight, very intense community, musical community. And from there, I said, all right, this is what I want to do. I want to be a college professor. So I, I decided very young, you know, 17 years old, 18 years old, it's like, I want to be a college professor. I saw what my teacher was doing when I was in high school. He was a college professor at Furman. I was like, that's what I want to do. And through, you know, his guidance early on, I said, all right, this is the path. I need to do an undergrad. I need to get a master's. I need to get a doctorate. So that was always the goal. So I ended up going to Florida State University for music education, um, where I, I very luckily ended up having a great teacher, a great mentor who... I still have a very good relationship with um, Christopher Moore. Um, so I, I did my bachelor's in music education because, again, I was always really passionate about teaching. And, you know, I, I wanted to give myself some options. Like, I love performing and I love teaching. And I thought music ed was like the perfect balance between the two because uh, I was playing all the orchestras and uh, some of the, the top ensembles and you know, doing all the teaching and, and learning all the secondary instruments and doing all that and doing the internship, teaching at a middle school. And then, you know, after I graduated, I was working at an elementary school, so teaching kindergarten all the way up to fourth grade was a very interesting uh, <laughs> experience, but very, very rewarding. I learned a lot about how to uh, manage a classroom, time management, because that's really, really important. I, those skills certainly, to this day, still serve me very well. And then, you know, after I finished that, about a year after I graduated from undergrad, I decided to do my master's degree. And um, again, I was very fortunate to go out to University of New Mexico in Albuquerque and studied with uh, Jeff Piper, who my undergrad teacher studied with. So he was the one who kind of funneled me and told me to check out um, University of New Mexico. And I did, and I got a graduate assistantship. So that made the decision very easy for me. Uh, so I went out there and I studied with Jeff Piper and John Marciano, who is the, who's, you know, um, the second trumpet, trumpet professor. Um, Jeff Piper now is retired, so it's just John Marciano. And there I was, I, I think at the time I was there, it was probably the best time because I was surrounded with really good trumpet players. There were probably like six or seven grad students at the time. And, you know, that's a really good environment. We're all really good friends and we like push each other. So you have this healthy competition. Um, and I got to do a lot of freelancing. Um, I got to play with my first like big time professional orchestra, the New Mexico Philharmonic. Uh, I got to play a few um, concerts with them while I was a student and freelancing in Santa Fe, New Mexico. So that's kind of where I really started to develop my, um, I guess, professional playing experience and then after that um i i moved to cincinnati and i i lived at cincinnati i was going to school there at ccm for a year um and then i got this great opportunity to um come back to florida state the the uh, finish up my doctorate with uh christopher moore as i mentioned my mentor um and i i, I finished my degree there doing a lot i was a teaching assistant so i was doing a lot of teaching coaching chamber ensembles basically you know, almost kind of running my own studio, which was a great experience, and playing, of course, in all the, the great ensembles, playing in Tallahassee Symphony, uh, freelancing in some of the local orchestras around Tallahassee, Florida. And then after that, you know, as all doctoral students, you're just like trying to get that first job after you graduate. And so I was applying to everything, um, as you would imagine. Towards the end of the summer, I saw this job posting for Young Harris College, which is in um, North Georgia, in Young Harris, Georgia. 
And the, the job posting was for assistant director of bands. And I, I knew I had this um, music education background from undergrad, and I did some teaching right after my undergrad. I said, well, let me apply and, and see what happens. You know, the worst they can say is no. Uh, so I applied, and I remember two days after I sent in my application, I get a phone call from their new director of bands, uh, Carrie Bryant, who's now director of bands at Reinhardt University in North Georgia. And uh, he called me, he talked to me, he said, well, you know, I called up the director of bands from Florida State, and he said, we should hire you. And so would you want to come up and do an interview in like two days? And I was like, yes. <laughs> so I, I went up there literally two days or three days after we talked on the phone and, and did the interview, and it was fortunate to um, get the job and I did my uh, a year assistant director of bands where I was you know doing a lot of conducting you know running three or four ensembles of course you know teaching some method courses and continue to do a lot of freelance work and then after my my year there this uh, opportunity this job opening at uh, Valdosta State University came open and I, initially, I wasn't going to apply because I was like, well, you know, I'm really happy at Young Harris. And, you know, I feel like I'm just, I just got here. I kind of want to help build this thing back up. But it took some convincing of multiple people. One of those people being my, my, my teacher at Florida State. It's like, you need to apply for this job, like, now. So I was like, okay, I will. And I applied, and I was fortunate enough to, to get offered the, the position here. And I've been here ever since, uh, so I'm in my third year um, building the studio. We've grown uh, from, I think I had eight or nine my first year. Now we have around like 15, 16 students. So it's been a, quite the journey, a lot of ups and downs, but you know, very fortunate enough to be where I am today. Yeah, you speak so highly of your teachers, and it seems like you have a great relationship with your teachers. Do you have a favorite memory of your teachers that you can share with us? Yeah, I have a bunch. I, I'll just give you one um, for, for the time being. So one of my favorite memories of one of my teachers is, uh, as I mentioned before, my mentor, Chris Moore. So this was actually when I wasn't studying with him at all. So uh, we were at a, this is when I was at, um, in my master's degree at the University of New Mexico, but we were at the national trumpet competition. I, I was there um, competing at the competition as a soloist and he was there with his students. And um, one of the next time we were there, we're all hanging out. It's my first time seeing him in a very long time. And we were just like catching up. And, you know, all of his students, they had to perform the next day. So, you know, they went off the bed. So it was just me and him. And we were just like hanging out, talking for probably four hours until late at night. And he was giving me like career advice. Like you should be doing this. You should think about publishing these ideas. You should be doing all these things. And it was just like me just soaking up all this information. And like, obviously, I wasn't his student at the time, and he certainly didn't have to give me that kind of time. But to me, that was like a moment I will always remember. He probably doesn't remember that at all. But it's something I will remember because I, I, was, I remember just sitting there thinking, it's like, wow, like he's giving me all this time and like he's giving me all just valuable information, things I can use to, you know, you know, make this step in this career path that I was hoping to do, you know, being a college professor. And, you know, I took all those things he said and, and really kind of put them to use. And I think that 
that conversation in many ways probably made him comfortable with asking me to come back to do a doctorate later on. And, and certainly I think that allowed me to kind of figure some things out, things I need to be doing um, to get a future job. So, yeah. You've hinted at your family's relationship with music, mm-hmm. but let's go to that. Um, you talked about how your parents were very involved in the band program. Your brother is a musician. Mm-hmm. Tell me about their relationship with music. Yeah, so I come, as I mentioned before, I come from a very strong musical fan. My dad plays guitar, bass guitar, a little bit of piano. His dad played guitar and, 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 and bass guitar. Uh, my, my father's younger brother plays piano. As I mentioned, my brother is a, a musician, so I grew up in a very like heavy uh, musical experience. My dad also has a recording studio in our backyard, so you know we would have you know uh, different artists who come to our house and be recording, pro- doing recording projects. My dad had a, a, a gospel group um, that would rehearse at our house like once a week, so I would be in the house and just like hearing them rehearse in the background all the time. Um, so that's kind of an environment I grew up, you know, uh, most of my, my family's musical background is heavily rooted in, in the church. So we kind of grew up like doing a lot of like gospel music. And so that was kind of our, our scene. My So my dad wanted me to be a musician. He tried to get me to learn bass. So that was actually my very first instrument, bass guitar. And I think I started playing around maybe five or six years old. Um, and he would have to like force me to practice. He will come. He'll show me some stuff, some like almost like just some some basic blues lines, you know, uh, like one four two five one that that kind of simple chord progression. And um, I I would do it, and I would play in church every once in a while on Sundays. Um, but for some reason, I don't know why. Maybe because he pushed it so hard, I just it just never latched onto me. Mm-hmm. And I just would never practice, and I can't explain it. So the story is, once I, I, I told my parents I wanted to do band in sixth grade, they was like, you can do it. But they didn't really think I would like actually be committed to actually doing it. They thought I would just do it for like maybe a year and then quit. <laughs> so they were actually surprised that I kept doing it, and they are still surprised that I kept doing it. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know why i guess trumpet just clicked and it was like yeah let's do this so yeah so my my family is still very much involved as i mentioned my brother's uh he's a working musician in atlanta my dad still plays still has a recording studio so every once in a while they try to do a jam session or something whenever we're home hmm. what are some challenges you have encountered as a musician I would say the biggest challenge I've encountered, um, which I guess has been one of the inspirations of some of the research stuff I've done, is um, when I was in grad school, when I was actually in um, Cincinnati, I um, suffered like a a mild injury that kind of like caused all sorts of playing uh, issues for me. Um, Obviously, being a brass player, we are heavily relied on, you know, the muscles and our aperture, which is like the middle of our lips, um, to make things happen. And um, uh, I was, you know, as a student, and this I think happens with a lot of students, is uh, we get placed in a lot of ensembles. So, you know, I was playing maybe three or four ensembles that in this one particular semester and I think uh and I was playing lead in pretty much all of them and I think over the course of a semester and a half 
you know, my, my playing really started to deteriorate because I was suffering this injury, but I didn't even know that's what it was. I thought I was just like not cutting it, you know? Because <laughs> uh, I think when you're in a high pressure environment, like sometimes school can be, um, especially in like a conservatory, you know, you think, oh, I'm just not like cutting in or I'm just not good enough. But then, you know, I, I remember I, I had a week off from school and like I took basically the entire week off and then I came back and it's like, oh, like I can play again. Then it, it kind of clicks that, oh, okay, this has been the cause of the issues that I'm having. So, you know, at, after the end of that school year, I decided to take like a few months off to kind of recover. This is around the time I, you know, I got offered this position to go to FSU to finish my doctorate with my, my teacher, Chris Moore. You know, I was like, you know, I'm kind of going through this thing. I'm trying to rebuild this thing. And, he, you know, he was very patient. He allowed me to have that time to kind of build myself up. But that year that I had as I was going through that was probably the first time that I had some, like, serious self-doubts. Like, can I actually do this? Can I accomplish this? Have I been wasting my time? Am I not at the level I need to be to get to where I know I need to be? But because I think what a lot of musicians is that we see our value in ourselves through our musical abilities, right? So if we're not playing well, all of a sudden that's an indictment of who we are as a person, right? I think we're all guilty of that to some extent. And I was very much going through that, certainly. And I think it's probably worse when you're a student and there's a certain expectation, um, so I was definitely going through that, and it was certainly kind of a, a dark year um, for me. But you know, luckily, you know, I had some some good friends and, and, and mentors to kind of guide me through the other side of that. So that was definitely the biggest challenge. Yeah, I wonder how fast was the onset of that injury? Like how how long was that period of developing the injury, and then how long did it take for you to make a total recovery? That's a good question. Um, I would say when I first started to notice it, I would say, so, you know, school year starts in August. I think by the time I got to the end of that first semester, so maybe like late November, December. And then, of course, we had, you know, that break off from school. And then once I started the spring semester, by the time I got to March, I was like, something's wrong here, Mm -hmm. you know. And that's when I think I kind of hit rock bottom around that time, around March. So I would say maybe about four or five months or so. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I would say probably once I realized what was happening and then took time off and started to kind of rebuild, I would say another two years before I felt like myself, like 100% again, before I felt good and strong. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So I know you personally, so I know that you are very goal oriented. Mm -hmm. What are some goals that you have for yourself and what are your goals for your students? (laughs) There's quite a few goals for myself. I I would say one of my goals is um, to continuing to become the best teacher possible. I think as a teacher, there's there's always this revolving door in a sense because I, you know, I feel like we don't know everything, obviously. It's impossible to know everything. So you encounter new issues. Maybe a student's having a, a thing that you haven't encountered. Um, the end of your trying to, like, you're literally being in, the, it's like being in a laboratory trying to figure out, right, why is this happening? And, and doing a lot of research, asking people. And so, you know, through all of those things, um, you know, for me, one of my goals is just to become a more well-informed teacher. 
um, trying to do more research, more reading, you know, uh, observing other teachers teach. Um, so that's one of my personal goals in terms of teaching it. And then playing goes, you know, you know, every day is a, <laughs> every day is a struggle playing trumpet. And so one of my, my goals is to just become a more refined player every day. And I, I have some goals, um, like things I've always wanted to do. Like, you know, I want to continue, you know, doing a lot of uh, freelancing work. You know, I, I want to, what's funny is one of the goals I set a long time ago, like it's a bit of a cliche probably for musicians, like to perform at Carnegie Hall, right? That's one of those things. But actually I'll get the opportunity to do that in like a month from now. Um, so that's going to be a really cool. Um, I think a lot of musicians... Um, it's like, hey, I get to go to the big city and like perform on the big stage and kind of live that life of being in the city and freelancing and working. So, you know, I'll kind of get to do that for a week when I'm in New York City, you know, rehearsing, going to the hall, going home, doing the concert, you know, meeting all these other great musicians. So that's, I guess I can check off, you know, hopefully everything goes accordingly. I get to check that off in about a month. So that's a, a definitely like a, a professional goal. Um, and another thing, you know, uh, I'm, I'm also working on a, uh, a method book. So that's one of my other goals that I'm currently working on. So I hope to have a draft done and, you know, maybe by the end of this year, or early next year. Um, so that's one of my goals, uh, uh, especially to work through that this summer. And then for my students, you know, my goal for my students is always to help them become the best people that they are. Um, you know, every student is not, or every student is not even interested in being an orchestral musician. You know, someone want to be teachers. So, all right, let's get you to be the best teacher possible by the time you graduate. Or some might, I have a student who's really into or wanted to go to graduate school for um, uh, music therapy. And so, all right, let's get you all the tools you need to make you the best candidate for a graduate program for that. All right, so she's taking, you know, guitar, she's doing a minor in sociology she's doing a minor in psychology so you know it's about you know and she's taking voice lessons so it's about getting her to be the best version of herself so she can make those goals so that's kind of my my goal with every student and and using things like fundamentals um using solo literature all these things to kind of serve that that greater purpose hmm. We might have already answered this question, okay. but I'm going to ask it anyways. Do you have any musical or pedagogical projects you have you are currently working on? Well, yeah. Aside from the the, the method book that's going to like take up a lot of time, you know, I I'm constantly working on doing some uh, presentations. Um, I've done a number this year. I have a, another one coming up presenting at the um, the International Trumpet Guild Conference in San Antonio uh, this May. Uh, late May, early June. Um, so that's something that's coming up. I'm, I'm looking to do some, uh, you might laugh at this, but I'm looking, I kind of reached out to a few composers doing some commissions for this trio, uh, the Brookwood Trio, uh, <laughs> in hopes to maybe, you know, do some recording or do another tour like we did uh, last semester. Uh, so that's something I'm really interested in because uh, I, I, you know, the, the, the Brookwood Trio started as, like, this this thing. So, hey, let's just do this. And then, you know, at, actually, like, doing the tour and then really getting into the music, I was like, I like this this ensemble, you know? Not just the people, but the actual sound of the ensemble. I think it's really cool. And it's, I don't think there's anything out there like that. 
So I would be very interested in something I, I really would like to do and moving forward. So for our listeners who are not in on the inside joke and why I might laugh at this, it's because I serve as the pianist as the Brookwood trio. <laughs> Fabulous pianist, so, I might add. Thank you. Um, I, I suppose I do have a follow-up question about this method book. What is the focus of this method book that you're working on and why is it needed? Oh, yeah, I guess I didn't mention that. So the, 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 the method book is um, going to be a quote-unquote warm-down book. There's plenty of books on developing like a good warm-up for brass players, but uh, there's not much material, at least that, that I've encountered, that focuses on how to do a proper warm-down. Um, so um, this kind of actually came out of my, my injury, right? So I think with all the hours I was playing in school and all the hours that a lot of our students play uh, on a daily basis, it's like, I feel like there, there needs to be something out there where, you know, they can go to a book and there's like a step-by-step by uh, process. Like, this is what you should do. Um, let's do these exercises. Here's a short routine that will help you. Like, it's basically like doing a stretch after a hard workout, you know, so that's like the idea behind the book and it's just a set it's going to be like a set of exercises and little mini routines and maybe a large routine that someone can do after a long day of playing okay. it doesn't have a name yet but at some point yes okay great <laughs> look forward to seeing that project come to fruition we are approaching our very last question which is do you have any advice for young musical professionals and teachers as they embark on their careers and enter professional life? I would say, you know, I, I'm still in this from a friend of mine, because uh, I, I really like this, this saying, it's like, be curious learners. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the learning never stops, regardless if you've been teaching for only a few years or you've been teaching for 35 years. And I think it's okay not to get stuck in your ways about certain things. Like, there could be a better way to do something um, and I think being open to that, I think, makes you a better a teacher. And, and for, like, working professionals, I think, you know, along the same line, being open to all sorts of opportunities. You know, if you're a classical player, be open to playing commercial jazz, even if it makes you uncomfortable, you know, get comfortable with that. You know, or if you're a jazz player, get comfortable with playing, you know, classical music. That only opens up so many doors for you and so many... Um, more opportunities and if you go on to teach then that makes you a more well-rounded teacher because you can pull from all these different sources I think the best teachers and the best uh, musicians are those who can kind of work in both worlds because it's just there's so much music out there and um, I think that makes you just a a more round well-rounded person as well as you know musician um, through those experiences. Well, Javian, thank you so much for that. As your friend and as your colleague, I can certainly say that you do embody that advice yourself. You're very open and you're constantly learning and you're very curious. So thank you for sharing that advice with our listeners and with me. Thank you so much for this conversation and for the time that you have given me today. I wish you happy teaching and happy students.